Welcome, folks, back to another episode of the Sand Black Sessions. Today's Ooh. guest is a guy that I've been following on, on the socials for a while and uh, have come quite close you know, in dealing with in business. Um, Liam McAllister from Love Realty. Hey, hey, how are you, mate? Mate, I'm very well. Well, we're in a pretty interesting interesting time in, in real estate. Mate, what, what's been going on since what you saw at the beginning of the year till, till now? Mate, probably what everyone probably can see is the media's sort of jumped on and sort of really gotten a bit excited about it all. And, um, you know, I think, you know, probably this talent of the year has been a bit more interesting as of the last four weeks leading up to this point. You know, the market's been absolutely ballistic. I've been, you know, selling stuff for clients. Um, you know, I think I sold something there for a client, 260000 more than what he paid for it 12 months ago in, um, in Newcastle. And so, you know, that's an example of what um, the market's been doing the last 12 months. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. So let's just touch on, on sort of that topic. I mean, yeah. you're obviously dealing with buyers on, on a regular basis. And yes. so what are you saying to your buyers, you know, to get into the market, especially with this um, shifting pace that we've been experiencing? I think like looking back on the market, nothing really is that dramatically different than what a normal market is other than the um, this, the growth of gro- no, the, the rate the growth rate in a shorter period of time, right? So, you know, for instance, um, I think what buyers can do sometimes and or anybody, whenever we look at something, if someone, you know, says, Here's, do you want 50 bucks? They always think, is there a catch to getting that $50, right? So surely you just wouldn't give me 50 bucks. Same thing when they come across a good property. I think a lot of people like to question, is this the right one or is this a good one? Or they might believe because they've been told, I need to do more research. There isn't a certain level or number of homes you need to see in order to buy one. You'd buy one when the property is the right one for you, right? But I think what a lot of buyers have been doing is going, is this or isn't this? And they've ended up costing themselves money because they might wait six weeks. But if it's going up $3,000 a week, there's 18 grand. They've just had to go and spend more on the next place. Yeah, it's, it's so true. That's something that you know, part of on the buying side is educating buyers out there that you know, you've been looking for three months, you've missed out on a property, say, by $10,000. What does it look like in the next three months when this perfect property does come up? And how likely is it your perfect dream property is going to, you know, pop up online? So yes. it's about getting into that headspace of, yes, it does seem like a lot of money at the time, but in 10 years' time, I, I dare say property prices are going to seem, you know, a lot more expensive. Mate, cheap today. No, what do they say? Expensive today, cheap tomorrow. <laughs> exactly right. So, mate, what I've noticed now, especially coming to the end of the year, uh, a lot of buyers, maybe it's buyer fatigue, even myself, it's been such a hectic year. And speaking to real estate agents, you know, you're probably in the same boat. It's just been so, so intense and the fatigue starting to kick in. Have you found that's maybe the case with current buyers at the moment? I think buyers are being skeptical about what the market's doing towards Christmas, but also I think they're becoming more price sensitive now than what they have been being um, too scared of, you know, I think a buyer's biggest fear is always paying too much. Right. And um, so I think that that's probably just getting highlighted a bit more. Now we haven't noticed buyer inquiry rates have dropped off. The listing surge has risen. So I know for a matter of fact, we're sitting up around that thousand listings across Newcastle and Macquarie, as opposed to about 750 to 800 was sort of where we were sitting a few months ago, right? So because there's more listings, I think buyers are going to have more options. Um, but that's, all, that's pretty much the only difference I've seen in the last month to six weeks. 
yeah. I reckon. There's just more options, so they're not being as um, I guess they're not probably feeling like they need to be pressed to jump in and make a decision quickly. Um, but I still think as a buyer, that's where they can end up costing themselves money. If a good deal is a good deal, just jump in and get it. Don't question it too much. That's it. Well, what I'm seeing at the moment, at the moment, it's 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 a great opportunity to buy when you know, some buyers out there may be taking a bit of a back seat or uh, a little bit of fear. Maybe the interest rates are rising. So this period from now till Christmas, um, great great time, and you know, be able to get to get yourself into the property market. Bloody and, and from I guess last year, the beauty of me talking to buyers on a regular basis, and you're exactly the same is that you you hear the same stories over and over right so this time last year it was oh, i'm going to wait until um wait until christmas see what happens next year now if that's a common occurrence when everyone jumps back in the market that's when we could potentially see another you know great uh, pr- price growth Mate, absolutely and i think you just need to look at history you know um everyone says wait till spring they sell they put their house on the market as a surge of listings then the buyers say oh i'm going to wait till after christmas they just want to spend a bit of money then the bank looks at the amount of money they spent over christmas and said mate you can't get the same amount of money look at your spending it's been atrocious then you have this little bit of a ooh, savings pattern for two months then at the end of february it goes nuts again and then you've got this big surge up until uh, winter and then the cycle starts all over again right typically but I think what you'll find is with this 30% growth on average across Newcastle that we've felt in the last 12 months, which has been pretty cool, mainly since March, I think it was, the main real surge kicked in. Um, I think, you know, even a correction of 5% is going to do, you know, um, won't do really anything because, you know, we've grown 30, we come back five, it's still up 25 on last year. Even if it comes back 10, we're still up 20 on last year. So I think Newcastle's probably just really felt and I don't know what you've experienced, but I think it was always very cheap and is probably now just starting to become into a normal realm of marketplace, meaning even now, you know, um, you look at our median price across Australia, I read something the other day, is, is edging on a million dollars, right? So a million dollars was 700 12 months ago, so they say. So, you know, a million dollars gets you still only a 700 or 750 value property. It's still got those seven or 750 features that it had Four months ago at 30 percent cheaper exactly right exactly right and i think yeah. the uh, the secrets out about newcastle it's such an up and coming um place to place to be there's so much um, money getting put into the into the city whether it is the light rail even east end and you can see all the new developments that's happening awesome. and i think a lot of sydney people have realized especially with covid that they can obviously live the lifestyle they want and you know travel down to sydney to two and a half hours and spend two days there and then come back um for me you know when i came to newcastle i just fell in love with the place straight away it's such a such a beautiful city and it's got so much going for it that's it and i still think it's really cheap value for what you can get right like when you think about even you can buy a brand new house for a million bucks at fletcher that has a big block you know, huge living spaces, built-ins, ducted, everything that most people want, right? And I never quite understood it when I first got in real estate. I sort of thought, because I've always been in Newcastle myself in the CBD, right? And I've always thought, I don't know why people want, you know, <laughs> something, you know, like that. And then, you know, yeah, I guess as you get older, you start to understand and can understand what people are searching for when it might be their second or third um, family home or they've got kids coming on the way. So you can be 30 minutes from town, you can get something for a million bucks, 
and it's got everything and you're not going to have to upsize. You, you know, it, there's still so much margin to go. And, and as local New South, New, uh, New Siders, Newcastle Siders, um, you know, people will be thinking, gee whiz, why are people paying that much out there? It's just because what we didn't know is that what the people out of town can see is that there's so much, it's so cheap here, right? Um, you know, you can sell for two and buy for one here and you put a million in the bank. And Exactly right. Yeah, when you compare it to Sydney, um, yeah. you know the, the prices. That I guess that's why a lot of people come up here, right? It's yeah. you know, they get they sell their big property in, in in Sydney. They have a lot of spare cash. Come up here, get their dream home that they ever wanted, and get the and they get the lifestyle that you know that you couldn't get in in Sydney. That's it. Yeah. So, mate, tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you actually get into to real estate, mate? I um. How did I get into real estate? I was always going to do it. It was just a matter of when, because I never wanted to go to uni. Always wanted to earn good money, and like houses and property, and just like variety. So yeah, I was always going to do it. And then I, I think it was like nearly ten years ago or something. Now nine years ago, I think it was 2013, 2012. I went traveling in 2011, 2012. Did lots of traveling, and I just needed to shake my sillies out before I decided to button, but button down into a career. And um, yeah, I just wanted to give it a crack. And I thought, oh, I ended up nearly getting a job in Sydney because there was nothing available, right? And what I found was interesting is that no firms wanted to hire untrained agents because I had no training, right? So I needed to, um, I really, I really looked into it. And then, you know, so grateful that I landed up at, um, in finding a place that just wants to train people from scratch. And I think that's probably one of the best things you can do is, um, you know, find a firm that um, is going to train and educate because, um, you know, there's so many people out there that, you know, um, might just end up at a place because they know somebody, but I didn't actually know anybody. I just sort of made my own decision based on what was right for me. So yeah, landed up here at Love Realty, love it. And um, mate, yeah, ever since then, I just haven't looked back. So that was what, yeah. Um, how did I end up in it? That was the question. I think it was just always going to happen, right? And then, yeah, as soon as I sort of got, got a handle on it, I just sort of, yeah, thought, yeah, this is good. How do you keep yourself uh, straight and level, like in sales? For me, there's there's lots of ups and downs, um, <laughs> and you got to ride the waves, right? I mean, from the, I, I'd say it's ninety percent of of downs for me, and then the ten percent is obviously buying a property and having the joys of you know the client yeah. on their faces. That that's what makes it worthwhile to me. But there's yeah. lots of like testing points throughout the day or throughout the week or even throughout the year. And it's about really staying on top of things, doing the trusting the process, I guess, and you know, and and knowing the outcome will, will eventually come to fruition. That's it, man. And you know, one of the biggest thing I think is never just live and die by the sword on one deal. You know, that's probably the most important thing. Um, you know, have shitloads of people in your pipeline, pipeline. Um, have plenty of people that you're speaking to on a constant daily basis. And it's just a connection sport. It's nothing more complicated than that. I think a lot of people try and complicate it. They think, you know, what's the next best thing I can do on social media? What's the next best thing I can, you know, what's the next best firm that I can go and work at to try and, you know, get more more business? But it's old fashioned. Real estate's old fashioned. It's connection sport. Always has been, always will be. And those that can negotiate and communicate will never be out of a job, right? Because even as fast paced as this world, um, this world is, um, at the end of the day, humans are people that buy property. And so, you know, they're still going to need a face. And so that's where you guys will always be required. And so will us people on the other end as well, right? So um, what keeps me going and keeps me level, 
I think is probably just being, um, yeah, having many, many plates going at the one time, spinning many plates um, and not just doing one deal a month. And then the other thing is what keeps me going is my goals and, um, and always constantly um, reviewing my goals daily, writing my gratitude and, and just being reminded of everything that I've got, what I've, what I came from, where I was, and then where I'm heading as well. And then um, this, the third thing would be daily exercise or having a morning routine. Yeah, that's, that. that's the key. That's something that I've implemented because I was actually in aviation before this. So coming yeah. to sales or coming to the buyer's agency realm, um, discipline is, is huge if you want to kick off, if you want to tick those goals off that you want to yeah. achieve. Um, and, and that routine, the morning routine is, is so important. And being able to exercise each day, each day I feel, restarts your brain, gets you out ready for the day and so you can deal with the hurdles that, that come, with, come with the job. Bloody oath. Yeah. 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 So, mate, mate, we've only got a short amount of time together, so we might wrap it up quickly. But for me, with buyers in the marketplace, there's a lot of picky buyers out there. There's a lot of easy buyers. There's, so what tips would you give to a buyer if you're dealing with an agent to make it an easy transaction for the, for the vendor and for yourself to get to, I guess, give you the best shot at that property? Um, I think I'd think long and hard about trying to win the negotiation and lose the property because a lot of people get it in that order. They try and win the negotiation and lose the property. They don't know they're trying to lose the property, but they do end up losing it, right? Because they're trying to get it for as cheap as possible. I think you need to work out how long you want to be there and what do you ultimately want to get from that property? So for instance, as an investment, I might be looking at three or four different investment properties. So I know that I want to spend 750, that's it but I'm open to areas I want capital growth or I want rent return. So you need to work out what it is you want ultimately. And that's sort of like, you know, setting a goal. So, and then you've got to work out, okay, what's my strategy that's going to work for me? So for instance, um, I think as a buyer, you need to be flexible on strategy because um, I guess if you pick one strategy and that agent is not easy to deal with, that agent might choose another buyer because of your strategy, meaning you might want to go through your solicitor not get back to the agent and try and deal with your solicitor and get your solicitor to negotiate. If that agent um, is having a bad day and can't control their mental state, which a lot of people can't because that's just life, right? They might choose to work with a buyer that's a lot more direct and straightforward rather than going back and forth, back and forth. So I think you'd be open to and ask the agent, how would you prefer I go about trying to secure this one? And if I was a buyer, I'd be nice to the agent because, or, you know, I'd be nice to them because, um, you know, you sort of want them to get back to you rather than being cold and callous. Because, you know, all this little stuff helps, I think. And then the other thing was I would be open to signing a contract and putting my best offer on a contract and using the cooling off period because a lot of buyers don't do that. They might be wanting to do pest and building, finance and those sorts of things first. So I'd work out what I want to get from it, identify it's the right one. Two, being nice to the agent and or asking the agent, how would you prefer to go about trying to secure this one? And because not all agents are going to be nice back about it too because I've dealt with them in the past as well. And then three, I'd be putting all my offers on a contract. Uh, mate, that's gold advice, and and it's so true. Like like you mentioned before, it's definitely a relationship relationships game. And I've been at opens, and I've noticed that some buyers talk very abruptly to to, to agents, and I was like, mate, you, you're going the complete um, <laughs> wrong way about it. You know, they're, they're here to do their best job for the vendor. I'm sure if yeah. you know you were selling a property, you'd want to get the top top price for for your property, and it's so and it switches roles. So you know. Everyone's human beings here. Everyone has emotions. Everyone has feelings. And it's about treating people with, I guess, respect. And, and that'll be reversed when, when dealing and having interaction. Yeah. 
absolutely. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, if you're going to an area or, you know, you don't really know much about the market, I'd be reaching out to someone like you guys that actually knows um, and has the time because a lot of agents, unless you have a listing or a house to sell, a lot of real estate agents probably won't give a buyer too much the time of day, right? So I think the fourth and final thing would be give someone like yourselves a bell if you are a buyer that's nervous and not sure about the process, because I think, you know, um, that's important for people and some agents might just be a bit rushed and not have not give the time of day to buyers. So I think, you know, be open to the fact that you can have services like you guys available that help, right? Especially in yeah. an area they don't know. Yeah, exactly right. It's, uh, I mean, it's we're, we're in the industry every single day. I mean, having the Asian relationships is obviously a big one. That the market knowledge, how to negotiate. So, if, I mean, if you're ever feeling a bit um, wary of, of the whole process, you know, having someone like ourselves, you know, it definitely helps in the, in the transaction. Big time. Yeah. All right, mate. It was always a pleasure. Never a chore. <laughs> Catch you soon. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it.